Praise God. Woo, what a good God we serve. Hallelujah. Uh, this, uh, today we're going we're gonna to go to the book of Exodus. We're going to hang out in Exodus today. Some, uh, talk some things out of the old covenant today. And, of course, we have, um, on Wednesday nights, at least uh, at my time with you all, on Wednesday nights, been talking about uh, stress-free living, living and, you know, stress-free, and, of course, uh, came out of, uh, you know, Second Timothy and talking about, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, that in the last days, it says that the perilous times will come or times of stress, amen, and, uh, of course, the word, you know, stress uh, just means, uh, you know, difficult times, fierce times. But it also, uh, most cross-references even bring out that it means times of stress or reducing the strength of. And so anytime stress is on, you know, is, is, is in, in play, it's going gonna, it's gonna to zap people from strength. Amen. And it's really, when you, you know, I'm just going to maybe toss this out here right now because of where maybe I'm going to go with some of this today. Um, you know, stress, um, anytime the pressure of stress and everything's pushing on you, um, everything in you wants to quit wants to back up, wants to give up, you know, and, um, but all of God is trying to make you look up, come on somebody, and if you can, uh, you know, override your give up with some look up, come on somebody, then we all get a little giddy up, come on now, <laughs> amen, however you want to word it, but uh, praise the Lord, so anyway, so hopefully we got a little giddy up tonight, praise God, so we're going to go, uh, we're going to go to Exodus, and I'm going to chapter 3, um, Probably, like I said, we're going to spend uh, pretty much the evening in, in Exodus and uh, maybe half a dozen different texts we're going to look at and uh, maybe even a little bit of reading. So that's why I'm not going back and kind of doing a lot of review. But um, we, uh, two, three weeks ago, though, talked about uh, really some things of uh, Moses and Joshua's life and about, you know, their relationship with the Father um, uh, and really, that's kind of what I've been dealing with over the last several weeks, um, kind of taking some time, kind of like a, a mini-series within the series, and um, talking about really just time spent with God, you know, having a, a, that connection with God. And so, uh, tonight again, it's kind of, again, uh, talking about that, we're going to talk about, you know, revealing, or uh, basically, uh, I am, you know, I am who I am being revealed, and um, so uh, we're going to kind of see some of that, and so hopefully we can get, glean some things out of this. So with that said, verse 1 of chapter 3, please, says that now Moses was tending the flock, and of course at this time he's, you know, he's already left Egypt, and he's been now with, uh, you know, he's married, he's been, and he's, you know, out in the fields, you know, being a shepherd, and been out there basically, I think it's been 40 years, and um, really in all honesty, um, Moses, Moses knew, according to Scripture, he knew he was called to deliver God's people, and um, but he kind of took it into his own hands, and uh, that's when he ended up killing killing an Egyptian because of what he did to the Israelite, and uh, and how many know then as a result of it, then he ended up fleeing for his life, and uh, now he's hiding out in the, basically hiding out in the in the in the desert. Uh, you know, tending sheep, and uh, been doing that for 40 years, and it's all significant. Um, you know, a lot can be said with this, and and uh, the scripture says that the children of Israel were only supposed to be in bondage for 400 years in Israel, or probably in Egypt, and uh, but they were in bondage. The scripture says for 430 years, and uh, now you might say, well, that's that don't mean nothing, but in all honesty, it wouldn't be in there if it didn't. Come on, somebody. And it does mean something. Come on. And, um, and so the point is, is that there was a delay of the people, of, of uh, you know, God's people being delivered. And I firmly believe it's because Moses just got ahead of the game. Come on, somebody. And if he would have just chilled out and just let God develop him and do some things, and uh, they would have probably been delivered in 400 years instead of 430 because the deliverer's hiding out in the wilderness. Come on, somebody. Are you still with me? And it's just, it's all significant. And, uh, and so, uh, anyway, you got you to gotta kind of, you know, grab all that. And, and uh, because uh, when you really get to think about it, you know, God's just good. Come on. 
And uh, God could have said, you know, I'm going to use somebody else. And, and there are times when somebody denies him and, and doesn't, you know, follow through. And God does have to follow through with somebody else. It, it does happen. But in this case, he, he gave Moses, uh, you know, another shot at it, praise God. And so I appreciated that about God. So uh, Moses is tending the flocks uh, of his, of his father-in-law, Jethro. Uh, he's the priest of Midian. And so he led the flock to the back of the desert. Everybody say the back of the desert. How many know things can happen even in the back of the desert? I said, how many know that things can happen in the back of the desert? Amen. Amen. And uh, for, you know, for whatever it's worth, the word desert here is actually most of it through, uh, through the most, most of this text and and on into next books and stuff, the, the word here uh, is also used as wilderness or desert. So it's the same, same Hebrew word here. Uh, midbar, I believe, is how it's pronounced. Uh, but the, the word desert or, or wilderness means uh, to drive or to lead to pasture. It means also open field for, fee, for feeding flocks. Of course, it makes common sense, right? But it also means, of course, desert or inhabited uh, country. But get this, it also means this, and this is why, you know, we're bringing it up, because it also means an instrument of speech or that which speaks, okay? And, um, you, know, just, you know, just to bring it, bring it up, you know, all of creation, all of God's creation is, is crying out, look up. Even that desert, even in the back of the desert, it wants to do some talking to you. Come on, somebody. Amen. Most time you think about creation, in fact, uh, uh, Romans 8, and I want to say verse 19, I believe it is, uh, it says that even all of creation is eagerly waiting or eagerly, eagerly expecting the sons of, 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 of God to be revealed. So even, even all of creation right now is waiting for all of us to, you know, kind of get our ducks in a row. But all of, our crea- all of creation is, is crying to look up, trust God, look to God, lean on God, trust God, Amen. And, you know, when you kind of think about it on a good side, uh, you know, uh, there's no doubt. I mean, you look at the mountains, you look at the, you know, at the, uh, you know, at the forests, and, you know, you come and hang out by the, by the river, and you maybe hanging out at the lake, and, you know, you look around, and, you know, you're maybe up there at Crater Lake or some kind of place like that, and you, all you can just see is, a, whoa, God is just so good. And, uh, you know, yeah, it speaks. Come on. And anybody that really, you know, even stop and look at the creation of God, I mean, even, the, even a human being from, from the time it's born, I mean, how can you not, how can you not pick up a, a small infant and say, you know, there is no God? Really. I mean, really, unless you just are so adamant that you're just going to spit in the face of God. Come on, somebody. Because everything speaks. But, you know, you start talking about, though, a, a, a desert, okay? A wilderness, and and uh, you know it's uh, you know there's not a lot of you know you just don't get stuck in a wilderness for a few days and go man I love the wilderness. <laughs> don't get me wrong, I, you know I get you know sometimes the desert at certain times is you know everything's blooming and it looks pretty cool. So I'm not taking away from all that, but but I'm just saying you know nobody really wants to just you know look at a at a wilderness and say you know man it just speaks the, you know, God's goodness and all that. But in all honesty, it does speak. And uh, it is still pointing you upward. Amen. Are you still with me? And this, this desert, this wilderness, not only is he going to have, a, you know, an encounter with God here, but all the way through Exodus we see where it is, it is all calling uh, him and his people, the God's people, amen, to look up. Amen. And God is always through it trying to reveal himself. Amen. In fact, a lot of the, what we could say, maybe the redemptive names of God, you know, there's, there's you know, uh, quite a few of them, at least a dozen of them, where, you know, Jehovah uh, Rapha, Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Nissi, Jeho- you know, Mekadesh, you know, all these are just different Hebrew names of God, and, and uh, half of them are revealed right here in, in Exodus. Okay. Um, he's, you know, he reveals himself as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God who provides, you know, to Abraham, you know, and, and, uh, and so there's just, just multiple places where God's revealing himself. But, but in this text, we're going to see where I am who I am is revealed. Amen. And so anyway, let's, let's move on here. So verse, uh, verse, uh, 
verse 1 again, of course, it says that he led the flock to the back of the desert and it said, and came to Horeb, which is key because that's the Mount of God. And uh, it said, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not being consumed. Okay, so obviously it's defying natural laws here a little bit. Okay, so then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see, everybody say and see, turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God then called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I, here I am. And he said, do not, draw, uh, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, uh, for the place where uh, you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, amen, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, uh, in other words, bowed down, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression, everybody say oppression, the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, okay? Uh, now, uh, yeah, let's, let's finish reading, and I'll define that here in a minute. Uh, who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. taskmasters. So, uh, for I know their sorrows, okay, their pains. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up from the land uh, to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. It just means a prosperous land. Of course, we all know he's talking about uh, the promised land. To a place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, Paris, uh, the Parasites. <laughs> And the Hevites and the Jebusites and a whole bunch of otherites. Amen. Now, of course, those are all the ones when Joshua goes in later with the next generation. And, of course, they're all eliminated. And, and anyway, they just take ground. Praise God. So, verse 9. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. And, of course, this word oppression means affliction or distress, or it means uh, afflicted stress. Okay. So they're very, how many know they're, they're all stressing out? <laughs> Praise God. So a lot of stress going on here. Now, the word, uh, uh, you know, from the Egyptians, uh, as we'll probably see here in a text here coming up too, uh, God also referred to the Egyptians as, as uh, the house of bondage. Okay? So in other words, they're, right now they have oppression over them. Okay, everything's being held over them, affliction, stress, distress, okay, everything's being held over them, uh, bondage is being held over them, just kind of keep that in mind because that's kind of key, all right, so anyway, uh, come now therefore and I will send you to Pharaoh that, uh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I? Everybody say, who am I? So, that, you know, right, what happened here is who am I has now met who I am. <laughs> okay, anyway, moving right along. But that's exactly what happened here, amen? This guy don't have a clue who he, who he really is, really. He's, he's been out there, and now he's forgot. God has called him, amen? But now he's being reminded who he is, praise God. And so he says, so uh, uh, he said, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And so he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you uh, that I have sent you. When you have uh, brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. So keep that in mind because where they're at now, they're in Mount Horeb. He's at Mount Horeb, which is the Mount of God. So, you know, multiple places through Exodus, uh, chapter 5, chapter 7. Also, chapter 19 brings out that God, the word says that God said that he had called his people unto himself to come worship at the mount. Amen. To come and sacrifice, to serve him. Amen. To worship him, depending on which text it is. But all of them are bringing, he's calling them back to this place, this holy place. Amen. His people there, right there where him and Moses are now, that's where he wants them. Now, if you remember from that place where they're at right now, where Moses is at, is according to Deuteronomy 1, is only an 11-day walk from where they can look over into the promised land. Okay, 11 days from there. So he was calling them unto this mountain, which is key, okay, and then to worship, whatever length of time. It doesn't really say how long God wanted them there. It just said that he, he wanted, them, uh, wanted them there to come and honor him, to worship him, amen. And then from there, they were going to go into the promised land, which is only an 11-day uh, walk to, to look into it. So maybe, I don't know, maybe give it another day or something to get into it. I don't know. But the bottom line is uh, 11 days away, basically, okay, which took them 40 years. 
Are you still with me? Mainly because some of the things that we're going to talk about today that, well, God's trying to reveal himself, they just wouldn't receive it. And even though sign after sign and wonder after wonder and miracle after miracle, breakthrough after breakthrough, provision after provision, and they still struggled and they warred with it to the point that they limited God and, and warred against the Holy One of Israel, the Scripture says. And as a result of it, because of a rebellion, uh, that, that generation doesn't even go in. So uh, it would pay to really, you know, give heed and learn something, right? Come on. Um, you know, the Scriptures are clear. In Hebrews 12, it lets it be known that, you know, don't think that just because, you know, now listen, just because you're New Covenant people, don't think that the same things that happened to the children of Israel won't happen to you. And he makes that clear, even though we're New Covenant people. You know, if you're going to keep, you know, ignoring God, keep rejecting God, keep turning from God, keep being, you know, ornery and rebellious, come on, somebody. It just means that every time God's trying to, you know, walk you through things and show you things, and every time you're just going to bristle up and push back, uh, you just have to understand that, you know, uh, you know, just maybe get used to that wilderness. Get used to the desert. Come on, somebody. Now, that's not a fun place to hang in those, in those moments. Amen. And, uh, and it does speak. Come on, somebody. Amen. So anyway, uh, so uh, with that said, let's, uh, he's calling back to this. So let's read like verse uh, 13 then. So then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, uh, you know, the God of your fathers has sent me uh, to you, and they say to me, what is his name? In other words, listen, okay, God, I'm, okay, you want me to go say, your, you, you know, you, to let your people go, but who, you know, when they start, you know, because they're going to ask me. Who's your God? Come on, right? And so he's, he's going to have to, what's your name? Well, uh, what shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And, and he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am who uh, uh, has, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, he repeats himself, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, has sent me to you, and this is my name forever. And this is, listen, my, my memorial to all generations. In other words, this, this is something that we all need to grab hold of and glean, right? Come on, right? So I am's revealing himself here. Now, uh, I am, uh, haya is, is the Hebrew word, okay? Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I pronounce it perfectly right, but you don't know any different either. So anyway, haya. Anyway, so, anyway, so haya is, uh, you know, revealing himself here, all right, which means, uh, the word means to exist to be, to become, to come to pass. It means I will be all that you need me to be when you need me to be it. In other words, whatever you need, I become. Whatever you need, I exist. Whatever you need, I be. That's who I am. I will be what you need me to be. And so that's exactly what we see throughout the whole book of Exodus is I am being revealed. Amen. Uh, so anyway, praise God. So with that said, let's, uh, let's, go, to, um, let's go to chapter 6. We'll kind of jump through here a little bit. Uh, chapter 6, please. Are you all doing okay? Yep. All right. Now, there's no way we're going to be able to, you know, you know, touch on everything by any means. We ain't going to exhaust anything by any means, but we are at least going to try to, you know, grab about a half a dozen things here and look at. So then, then the Lord, this is verse 1 of Exodus 6. Let me get on my Bible and read through it here. Then the Lord said to Moses... Now you shall see what I uh, will do to Pharaoh, <clears throat> for with a strong hand he will let, uh, he will let them go, and uh, with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. In other words, it's, he's going to get behind this 100% here in a little bit. Amen. So God said, uh, spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. <laughs> he says that a lot through this, this, this book. Amen. Uh, you know, he's, actually this is, you know, said uh, 160 times, actually, uh, 160 some times, like 166 times or something, he says, I am the Lord. I am Jehovah. All right? And, uh, and so and multiple times, and he also adds another, uh, you know, another word to it to kind of define that aspect of God. Amen. And so I appeared, verse 3, I appeared to Abram, uh, to Isaac, to Jacob, uh, as God Almighty. All right? The uh, God Almighty, the everlasting one, the, all, the all-sufficient one. Uh, Genesis 1, God Almighty, that's, uh, you know, Elohim, 
you know, so then later then becomes, you know, uh, El Elyon, El, uh, El, El Shaddai, come on, I mean, so uh, there, anyway, this is just, anyway, so he's just showing you who he is, amen, I made it all, amen, I established it all, amen, and I can change whatever I want to change, and I can be whatever I need to, need to be, is what he's trying to let it be known here, all right, so uh, my name uh, uh, but my name, Lord, uh, I was not known to them. There was Jehovah. So I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, in which they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Verse 6, Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out. Yatsa, not Yatsi. <laughs> Yatsah, okay, which means the God who brings one out, okay. What it literally means is to deliver out from under something. So he's being revealed here as Yatsah, okay, is one that will deliver you out from under something, okay. So it just, you kind of, you know, it's just, it just, you know, something that brings it out because right now everything's over them, okay. There's oppression, right? There's distress, okay. Stressful things, amen. There's bondage. You're in the house of bondage. Everything right now is oppressing them. Amen. He said, I'm the God that will deliver you out from it. I will pull you out from it. Amen. Now, just, you just need to remember, you know, all this, remember, this is supposed to be known to all generations. So remember, I don't care what, what you feel like is over you right now, what kind of bondage or what kind of stress or anxiety or what kind of oppression or whatever it is, that you feel is right now is over you, listen, God will deliver you out from under it if you let him. Amen. So he says, I'll bring you out, okay, Yatsa. Okay, I'll bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. In other words, you're going to see me move. And I will do whatever it takes to deliver my people, praise God. That's good news, huh? All right, so, praise God. I will rescue you, amen. Verse 7 now, I will take you as my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know, yada, you shall know that I am the Lord, Jehovah, or Jehovah, we would a lot of times pronounce it as, amen, your God who brings you out, Yatsa. Okay, right? So, Yada, Yehovah, Yatsa. That's what it is in Hebrew. Kind of cool. But the bottom line is, he says, you're going to know that I'm the one who delivers. You're going to know me as the God who delivers you out from under. You're going to know me as the one who will pull you from the bondage and the oppression. That's who you're going to know me as. Amen. That's pretty good, amen? So I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will bring you into a land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give to him as a heritage, amen? I am, here we go again, I am the Lord, amen? Everybody say, He's the Lord, amen? All right, let's go to uh, chapter 13, verse 3. A lot of reading today, but it's going to, I think it's just trying to bring this out, now just to I wanted to read verse 3 just because uh, we'll read some more in 13, but I wanted to read verse 3 just to show you that he's referring to Egypt as the house of bondage, all right? So Moses said to the people, remember, everybody say remember, remember this day in which you went out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of hand the Lord brought you out of, of this place to uh, no leaven uh, bread shall be eaten, all right? So that, of course, this is all talking now coming, you know, the Passover regulations and all that. But so this is after even after all the things have happened, all the plagues, all the things that have happened. Now it's to start moving here right toward the end here, all right? Now, uh, you know, uh, let's go to verse 17. And then it will, uh, it, then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God, here we go, did not lead them. By the way of the land of the Philistines, in other words, the shortcut, although that was near. Come on. What he's saying, there's no highway option here. Uh, anyway, I don't know. Anyway, but he says, huh, lead them out by, uh, lead them out all, he said, by the way of the Philistine, although that was near, for God said, lest perhaps 
the people change their minds when they see war, right, and return to Egypt. All right, now why is that? Well, that's because that's what we usually do. Anybody hearing me? Um, you know, a lot of times when you see war or see conflict or see struggle or see, you know, there's going to be work to be done, a lot of people, uh, most people turn back to what's convenient. Come on now. Now, this is why it's important for us to grab hold of this because we can relate to this because, because there's a lot of times when you're, you're coming out from under things, amen, God starts leading and guiding, and that's what we're seeing right now is a God that leads. Everybody say that, God that leads. He's a God that leads, a God that delivers. Amen, come on. Now, he's, he's showing, he's walking them through something, but he's showing them this is the way you're going to have to go because if we go the other way, what's going to happen as soon as the pressure's on, you guys are going to tuck tail and run. You can go back down the highway. You're going to go back to what's familiar, the path of least resistance. Come on, somebody. Uh, what you're used to. Come on, even if you hate it. Because they all, they all told God they hated that. They all wanted delivered out of it. See, and that, but see, sometimes, see, uh, you know, the Word uh, talks about in Psalm 62 that we, we have a tendency to trust in oppression, even though we hate oppression. We have a tendency to trust in it. Because it's, it's what we know. Our whole life we might have been surrounded by that. And all of a sudden God pulls you out from under it. And we go, whoa, this is way different. I, I ain't used to this. So pretty soon you start sliding back under what you're comfortable with. And even though it's not, it ain't no good. And even though you hate it. But we have a tendency to do that. So that's why he's saying you're going to go by the way of the sea. Uh, we're going to get you, you know, in a place where you're not going to be able to just, you know, pick up your bags and go back. Are you still with me? All right. Well, it's important because, you know, when you start thinking about it, remember, now God isn't looking for His people to be in the wilderness for 40 years. We're going to go this way. We're going to go to the mount. We're going to worship. Come on. We're going to come together, my family all together. Come on, for whatever length of time that's going to be. And they said, and then we're going to, we're going to take, we're going to all, I'm going to lead you all uh, to Canaan land. I'm going to lead you all to your promised land. Amen. And you're going to, Praise God, get to live in a land flowing with milk and honey. Praise the Lord. A prosperous land. Get you out of the wilderness and into a prosperous land. Amen? Still with me? All right. So God's showing them as a God. He's God now revealing himself as one that will lead. Okay, so perhaps uh, the people will change their mind lest when they see war they return to Egypt. So verse 18, so God led the people around by the way of the wilderness uh, of the Red Sea. Amen. And the children of Israel uh, went up in orderly ranks out of the land in, of Egypt. And, and Moses took the bones of Joseph, because that was what Joseph requested. Okay, so of course Joseph is dead now. But, he's, but he wanted his bones to go with him, praise God. He wanted to go back home. So uh, he took his bones uh, with him, and he placed the children of Israel under Psalmo, uh, uh, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones uh, from here with you. And that's what, that's what Joshua said. So verse 20 now. So they took their journey from uh, Succoth and and camped in Edom, and at the edge of the wilderness, everybody say the edge, at the edge, and the Lord went before them uh, by day in a pillar of cloud to lead, everybody say to lead, to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night, and he did not take away the pillar of cloud by day, or the pillar of fire by night from before the people, and he didn't. Every day they could look up and go, whoa, Right? I mean, every day. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. But you know as well as I do, uh, you can get accustomed to things. You know what I mean? When I first moved out here, uh, there wasn't a day that I didn't drive down the highway going, oh, God, I love these mountains. Oh, this is awesome. And I don't remember the last time I looked at them. Not trying to be, you know, whatever. I'm just saying that, you know, you just get accustomed to stuff, and you go along, and you just do, and... You know, every now and then somebody says, ain't the mountains pretty today? And you go, you're right. They are kind of nice. That's, that's cool, right? Right, come on. The point is you can get accustomed to stuff. So you got every day, you know, they could, any day they could look and they'd just be in awe by this pillar of cloud, you know, by day and a pillar of fire by night. I mean, you would think every day they're just like, man, God is right here. But, you know, it's like anything. We can get so accustomed to it. Pretty soon you overlook it. It's like you don't even see it anymore. Hello, somebody. 
All right, let's, let's, let's skip down. Of course, now they're at the Red Sea. Let's go to like verse uh, 10. Let's jump in here for sake of time. And, when, and Pharaoh drew near, of course, and what happened now? They get by the sea, and of course, here comes Pharaoh now. He's decided he's going to chase after him again. And, you know, so he's chasing down, coming down their backside, just, you know, just, you know, threatening them and everything. Here he comes, you know. So now they're between, in a sense, a rock and a hard place, or I guess that probably wouldn't be quite right because it's a sea. And anyway, the bottom line is they're in a tough spot right here, all right? All right, so remember, I am's revealing himself, right? Here we go. Uh, so behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were very afraid. The children of Israel cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, and they got this, it's amazing. They said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Remember, if he would have took them the other way, they would have just turned around and left. Come on now. Uh, why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? I thought you wanted out of Egypt. Okay, anyway. But isn't it, it's funny how the, when the pressure's on, all of a sudden how everything switches. Have you ever been guilty of that? I think we probably all have somewhere along the line. You know, where the pressure's on and all of a sudden, you know, what a minute ago you're wanting God to move and then God starts moving and you go, whoa, whoa, I didn't ask for this. Okay. Well, I am trying to reveal himself here. Come on. And uh, Moses uh, said, let's see here, where are we at here? My verse 12 now? Where did I tell you? Verse 12 then. Okay, so is, is this not the, the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? Yeah, right. Uh, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. You saw the movie, right? Right? Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Actually, that word salvation, Yeshua, which is the same name for Joshua or Jesus. Come on. It means salvation, right? So stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, uh, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Amen. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses... <laughs> Why do you cry to me? Come on. Why are you crying out to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Now, of course, I use this a lot of times, and, and you know, they didn't use this in the movie because they couldn't get Charlton Heston to do it. But anyway, uh, so anyway, he's standing and you know, looking all spiritual in front of everybody, telling them it's okay, it's going to be fine. He turned, obviously, and said something to God. And God said, so why are you crying? So you... You know, he doesn't say what he said. We can all just assume. He's probably thinking, probably looked at God and go, what the heck are you doing to me? I brought him here and now look. Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Well, they're thinking, you know, go forward. To what? Right? We're going swimming. Right? Right? But he said this, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. Told him to do it. Isn't that cool? I mean, come on, right. I mean, we know who's behind it, but I'm just saying, he just, you know, you have to lift up your rod, lift up your hand, and divide it. And when he did that, what happened? It did, didn't it? And it, so then it says, And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea, and I will indeed, uh, well, let's see here. I don't know if I want to go far that far. Let's just skip that because then it just gets down. Well, of course, what happens is he divides the sea. They all go over, and, of course, it all closes in on the enemy. Quick story. Bottom line is God delivers. I said God delivers. He saves and delivers. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, how many know, though, in these pressure moments, we find out what we're made of? Whether we're going to believe God, trust in God or not. Come on now. Now, the point is, the point is, what we're making is God constantly is showing himself. Okay, of course, we're not, we're not reading everything, of course, but God is constantly showing himself, all right? Constantly delivering them, constantly pulling them out of this, constantly providing for them, all right? And they have a tendency to keep griping. <clears throat> okay, so let's go to uh, fifth, chapter 15, since that's the next chapter, and let's go to... Uh, I don't know, what did I put, like 22 or something? Thank you. Yeah, 22. All right. So Moses brought uh, Israel. This is a different situation here. Now we're standing. They're looking for water. 
and they come up across some water, but it's, it's bitter water. It's no good. Uh, so they're whining. Okay. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went up into the wilderness of, of, of Shur, or Sur, I think is how it is pronounced. And they went three days into the wilderness and found no water. Now, this is just three days. Everybody say three days. Okay, three days. And don't get me wrong. I mean, if, you, if you're lacking water, I mean, it's, it'd be nice to have water. There's no doubt about it. But uh, three days, but just three days, I said three days, three days, they, they walked across a sea on dry ground. It said on dry ground. He parted it. They walked across on dry ground. Okay, they get across, and that sea then closes in on the enemies. They have a little party you know, singing me and my green tambourine. And then, um, uh, anyway, they have a little fun. And then, uh, anyway, so, uh, you know, a little party kind of fades down a little bit. Three days later, they're walking a little bit further. Now they're all whining because they're, they're thirsty. Come on. Whew. Now, when they came to Moriah, they, they could not drink the waters of Moriah. Uh, Mora, I think it's how it's pronounced, actually. And they were, uh, for they were bitter. They, therefore, the name of it, uh, that place was called Moriah, which uh, actually it, it means bitter. Okay, so, so the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. Okay, and when he cast it into the water, so they cut down whatever branch, whatever it was, threw it into the water, and the waters then were made sweet. Okay, uh, there he made a, a statute and an ordinance for them, and there he te- tested the waters or approved the waters, okay, and said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight, give ear to His command and keep His statutes, I will make none of, you, uh, make none of the diseases on, on you uh, which I have brought onto the Egyptians, on all those curses, okay, uh, for I, or uh, all the plagues, I mean. For I am the Lord who heals. Okay, that's Rafa. So that's, he's revealing himself as the God that heals. Not only did he healed the bitter waters, but he said, I'm the God that will heal you. If you all remember, I mean, they were, you know, they, they were walking and they, uh, their shoes didn't even wear out. I mean, and he, he kept, I mean, the word even says that even when they came out of Egypt, there was none feeble among them. I mean, it was like all the, even all the old people could, had strength all of a sudden. Come on, I'm just saying everything. I mean, it was like there was nobody, God just, all I'm saying is that God is constantly showing himself. Okay. Well, anyway, you know. Uh, so anyway, let's let's go to let's go to chapter sixteen, verse one. How about that? Then they journeyed from uh, Elam, okay, and, and all the congregation of children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, okay, which is between Elam and Sin- Sinai, or Mount Sinai, Sinai. Pardon me. Is that right? Did I say that right? Anyway, for uh, on the fifteenth day, why did I read these verses? Anyway, but anyway, uh, on the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt, then the whole congregation of children of Israel complained again. I skipped one verse, right? I skipped one verse, and they're already complaining again. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, okay? I'm just saying, all right? Remember now, the, uh, I am is being revealed uh, uh, to all generations here. And the same thing, God is always showing himself strong, and there are things going on, but, it, but yet, guess what? Everything around you, there's, there's no doubt the curses around you. There's no doubt, uh, you know, there's things that seem, you know, there's oppression. There's, uh, you know, there's things that are going on. There's demonic things. There's, there's people things. There's, there's uh, health things. There's financial things. There's, there's uh, uh, you know, uh, desert <laughs> and wilderness. It's out there. But I am is constantly wanting to reveal himself. I am the Lord your God who will heal you, who will deliver you, who will provide for you. Amen. Who will take you out from under whatever it is that's oppressing you. Amen. But it doesn't take long, and they get a little bit further down the road, and they're complaining already. And the word, you know, um, in Psalms brings out that, you know, that, that they even murmured and griped in their tents. They thought because if they went into their tents that King's X, uh, we can say what we want to our spouse and it's okay. And all I'm trying to say is, you know, God is wanting to show himself all the time. 
And if we don't watch it, we, we turn in, you know, do the same thing they did, and we whine, we gripe, we complain about everything instead of just trusting God. Let God show himself strong. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer. You know, I have a lot of people that, that they always say, well, where, you know, why isn't God moving like he used to do? I think God wants to. You know, but we have so many options now. And we, we, we're, we're, we're guilty of, of murmuring, griping, complaining, or doing it ourselves, or fixing something ourselves, or, you know, pulling it up on YouTube, or Googling it, or whatever you do. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And we always just go about just trying to take care of everything ourselves. And the whole time, God's wanting to show himself strong, but what happens is, uh, you know, we, 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 we go by the way of the Philistine instead of just letting God lead. And so as soon as the pressure's on, as soon as there's a sign of war, as soon as there's a sign of conflict, we turn, we tuck tail, we run, we go take care of ourselves. Come on, somebody. Listen, I'm not, you know, upset with anybody. It's just, it's just I, I think we just all have a tendency to do that, and we have to recognize that really all of this is types and shadows. All of this is for our own admonition, the Word says, uh, to show us things, teach us things. The Word says that God is trying to reveal Himself to all generations, not just that generation, but to all generations. Amen. All of this is a sign, and I, I think we're, we can be just as guilty of this. And God kept doing it, and pretty soon, uh, you know, after a while, you know, He tempted them. Uh, you know, God, they were tempting God constantly, and uh, it wasn't long, and, you know, everybody now is crossing lines, doing things they shouldn't have done. And uh, Moses crossed the line even, uh, got a little bit upset, and I think we touched on that a couple weeks back. But uh, the point is, is, you know, God is trying to eliminate the oppression, eliminate the stress, eliminate, come on, uh, the things that are trying to, to dictate in your life. God is trying to, to deliver you from all of it. Come on, somebody. Not saying that it's, it's not still around, but God says, if you just let me lead, let me guide you, I'll heal you. I'll deliver you. Amen. You know, you think about even the, 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 the bitter waters. God says, okay, it's bitter waters. So, okay, so it's bitter waters. What about it? Moses, um, cut that branch. Throw it in the water. What'd that do? I don't know, but that's what Jehovah said. So he did it. And what did it, it makes, I mean, the, the point, I mean, I think about half the things that he did through the book of Exodus, it just, it's like, that didn't even make, it didn't even, I mean, your mind can't even, have, it's like, what? He said, because I can. I am who I am. Amen. And we get stuck still being Moses going, who am I? But you could use somebody like God says, because I am who I am. I could take the guy on the backside of the desert and make him a leader. Come on, somebody. I could take, come on, right? I mean, I could, I could make bitter water sweet. I can part a sea if I have to. And so, you know, we're sitting here. Uh, upset, complaining, and stressing out over something. And God, I mean, and, and I, it's true. We, we get guilty of this kind of stuff. God provides, and within 48 hours, we're griping again. And it's like, he just provided. And sometimes we have a tendency to forget about the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. Come on, somebody. And the whole time, you know, you think about how much, how much stress and oppressions in our lives that's around us and the loved ones and the friends that we, you know, have. And you think about the whole time God is wanting to show himself strong. Amen. And all he's asking is stay connected. Keep looking up. Keep drawing near. Stay connected to him. Amen. Uh, you know, don't. Don't, 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 uh, you know, pull back, but instead move forward. Amen. You know, in tough times, you don't run from God. In tough times, you run to God. You know, I mean, you should always, but I'm just saying, but a lot of times in the, in the pressure moments, we have a tendency to run back and, and, and go back to what's comfortable or what we're used to. Are you still with me? Am I boring you with all this? I know there's a lot of reading here today, but, but you know, 
Okay, so uh, let's see here. Where, what verse were we on? Verse 2? Let's go to then verse 3. Uh, and, then, and the children uh, of, of Israel then said uh, to them, uh, Oh, that we had died. Look, are you kidding me? Oh, that we had died by the hand uh, of the Lord in the land of Egypt uh, when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread uh, to the full. And uh, What? For we have brought us, uh, pardon me, for you have brought us, you notice the print nowadays? Anyway, for you have brought us out into this wilderness uh, to kill this whole assembly with hunger. So what did God do? Okay, The Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Are you getting this? I'll tell you what I'll do. Let's do something you ain't seen yet. I know you haven't seen bread fall from heaven. That's what I'll do tonight. And if you remember, you know, we call it manna. The word, what manna, manna just means what is it. That's all it means. And so they go in the, uh, I think it was in, in the morning. Is that right? In the morning? Is that what it was? I think it was in the mornings. It was manna. And by evening, uh, it was, it was they had, he had just these flocks of quail come through. So at night, they had, they had quail. And in the mornings, they had manna. All right? Just to meet a hunger. All right? So what's that? Cinnamon rolls. Yeah, well, you, well, I always thought, you know, manana, manana, manna bread and manna pies. I don't know. Anyway, well, obviously they figured it out to work, but that's, you know, they went out so every day. And then, of course, he made it. And then, then he put another, put like a guideline on it. And he said, you know, I rain enough for you every day. So just take what you need for that day. And, uh, you know. And sometimes, you know, they get a little greedy just in case. Well, you just never know. Maybe God forgot. So they take a little extra, and by morning, that, that stuff they took extra would rot. So it didn't, didn't do any good to keep it. Come on, somebody. Just take what you need. Come on. And so, you know, anyway, every, every, uh, every morning, more, there'd be more man on the ground. And every night, here come another flock where all these quail came. Come on. I got a bunch out of my place, but. That would probably feed two people. You know, I mean, you know, that'd be a lot of bird to have to eat. Come on, somebody, a lot of birds to eat just to fill up. But anyway, the point is, is they're just, you know, just constantly providing and, and showing them, you know, uh, listen, I am who I am. And you, you, you have need of nothing. So they would complain. Well, all right, so let's see. Let's, let's try maybe one more. How about that? We can at least do one more. Let's go to uh, chapter 17, okay? And uh, all right, so they're no longer by, you know, the waters that were, you know, that were made sweet. So now they're going along, and, and here we are again. Uh, verse 1 of chapter 17. Are you, are you getting this? It says, then all the congregation of the children of Israel set out on their journey from the wilderness of sin uh, according to the command, commandment of the Lord and camped in Rephidim. Okay, I don't know. I just took a stab at that one. Uh, but there was no water for the people to drink. Uh, therefore, the people con contended with Moses and said, give us water that we may drink. So Moses said to them, why do you contend with me? Why, why do you tempt the Lord? And, and the people thirsted their... Uh, the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why is it you have brought, they're still talking, why is it you brought us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses, you, you know, I mean, you, you look at this and you think, Good night, people. But, you know, we've probably all been there. And most of the time when we're doing it, we think we're justified. 
but, and they probably thought they were justified, right? Right? And uh, they thought, well, we're thirsty. We have a right to complain. Well, so Moses cried out to the Lord saying, what shall I do with this people? <laughs> they are almost ready to stone me. And, and the Lord said to Moses, go, uh, go on before the people and take uh, with you some of the elders of Israel. Also take in your hand your rod uh, uh, with which you struck the river and go. Therefore, behold, I will uh, stand before you there uh, on the rock of, uh, in Horeb, okay, the mountain now, they're at the mountain, and you shall strike the rock and water will come out of it and the people may drink. And Moses did, did so in the sight uh, of the elders of, Egypt, of Israel. So he called the name of the place uh, Massah or uh, Meribah, uh, which uh, because of the contention of the people, all right? Um, so, and the fact that they tempted the God. Okay, verse, uh, I don't know how, how far I told you to go on this one, but uh, I'm going to go to like verse 8. It says, now Am Amalekite, well, actually, what, uh, let me just, what happened now, Amalekite, the Amalekites now um, came up and attacked at this time. And if you, if you remember later on, God uh, wanted the Amalekites taken out. Do you remember that? This, remember that back when, when Saul was king? And this is why, because the Amalekites snuck up on him and tried to, come on. So that didn't go good. And of course now, but we have a, we have a, a fight here. And Moses said to Joshua, verse 9, choose us some men and go out to fight with uh, Amalek. Uh, tomorrow I will stand on the, on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hands that Israel prevailed. We all know, know this story, right? And when he let down his hand, uh, Amalek, Amalek prevailed. Okay, so Moses' hands became heavy, so they took a stone and put it, uh, put it uh, under him. And he sat on it, and Aaron and Hur both supported his hands up so that while his hands were upright, then they win, right? Come on. So Joshua defeated Amalek. Uh, Amalek with uh, his people and with the edge of the sword. Verse 13, verse 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial in the book and recount it uh, in the hearing of Joshua, and I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Of course, yes. And Moses uh, built an altar and called it, here's another one of those names, uh, the Lord is my banner, which is uh, Jehovah Nissi, okay? Uh, no, my standard, my security. All right, now just, it's just worthy of bringing out, for he said, because the Lord has sworn to the Lord, he will have war with Amalek uh, from generation to generation. In other words, we're going to make sure they're gone. They're not going to, they're, going to, they're not going to, we're just going to eliminate them. So anyway, the bottom line is, uh, God is also revealing himself here as your security. Uh, it's just, I mean, remember, all these are types and shadows. All these are things that, when you think about the areas of your life, how the enemy comes, how many times has the enemy ever snuck in? Sometimes you say, well, well, what happened? Well, it was just, you know, sometimes we'll sit back here. You ever been in that position where you're trying to stand back going, man, where did I open the door? And how did I do that? What, maybe I did, maybe I didn't pray. Maybe I, oh, what did I forget? And you sit here the whole time and just, just chalk it up. The enemy snuck in, man. All right, just get him out. <laughs> Don't sit back here and beat yourself, beat yourself up because, he somehow got in the back door or snuck in the bathroom window or something. Come on, somebody. Anybody hearing me? I mean, you can sit here all day long and do that. Or you could just say, you know what, I'm going to lean on Jehovah Nissi. Come on. He's my security. Praise God. Lord, thank you for delivering me. Amen. Amen. So no matter what it is, no matter what's going on, I just, I mean, even this kind of thing, it just seemed kind of, uh, you know, how God even did the whole thing. Okay, if you keep your hands up, you win. If you don't, you lose. I'm just saying, it's just, you know, when you think about it, for you and me, it's like, you know, you know, being like this, I ain't never going to win nothing. I ain't never going to win time I like this. I ain't never win nothing. It seems like I always got, I'm always getting whooped on, getting beat up. I just don't understand why, how come everything always bad always happened to me all the time. I just Praise the Lord. I just know one thing. God's good. Amen. I'm just going to keep praising God no matter what's happening. I'm going to keep praising, keep worshiping. Praise ye the Lord. Come on, somebody. I'm just saying. I'd rather have my hands up anyway. Come on, right? And drag them on the ground. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, all right. One last thing I want to bring out. And I just want to, you know, just kind of, you know, bring this to your attention. 
and uh, because of some of the things we read. Of course, like I said, we didn't by any means exalt, uh, exhaust any of it, um, and we probably did skip a few things here and there. Um, but, um, uh, but Moses, okay, just, just for whatever it's worth, Moses, you know, from back of the desert, got a leading from God of what to do, which started a progression of different steps and things that he did. But how many know that the leading that he gave God, or that he gave Moses, uh, to deliver his people, there was nothing in that that he could have done in his own power. And when you stop and you think about the whole thing, I mean, go back to all our patriarchs of faith and, 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 and what, you know, everything he led them to do, if you really stop and you look at them, they're all things that they couldn't have done in their own strength, they couldn't have done in their own power. And they had, to, they had to look to God as their source, as their security, as their healer, as their deliverer, as their provider, amen, as the one who brought them out from under, amen, whatever it was that they were oppressed with, amen. And so uh, when you see what he, did to jo- what he did to Moses, and that's why, you know, Moses said, who am I? I mean, you know, you, you, you kind of know where he's coming from. Who am I to build his... It isn't really going to matter who you are. All that's going to matter is who I am. And you think about everything that we deal with on a day-to-day basis, and, you know, I mean, there's a lot, and that's why I said earlier that we we have a lot of options. We could do a lot of things ourselves and do a lot of things in our own power and uh, try to get by here with this and, Sometimes, too, we even know where some of us get really good at even, even manipulating things and maneuvering, and, and I don't say that in some evil way, but I'm just saying, you know, we, you know, we, you know, we got a little bit financial crunch, so we manipulate and maneuver everything to make it work. Come on. Yep, a lot of strategies. But we got plan, you know, we got plan B, C, all the way to Q. Maybe even some of us go to Z, I don't know. But the bottom line is the whole time God says, listen, I, I am who I am. And so I, I just wonder how many, how many miracles maybe we miss, how many breakthroughs maybe that we miss because we're too busy trying to do it ourselves. Just a thought I'm having. But, but anyway, uh, you think about this with Israel just in the light of some of the things that we, we read here tonight. Uh, that all their needs, you know, really everything that had to happen for them couldn't have happened by their own resources, right? They couldn't have carried enough water out of Egypt. They couldn't have carried enough food. You know, just for whatever it's worth, you know, um, maybe it don't mean nothing, but I was just thinking of uh, what came to me as I'm thinking, uh, uh, you know, when... Um, the pioneers, you know, came out this way. Sometimes that stuff intrigues me a little bit. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're coming out. They had everything. You know, they tried to bring everything. You know, they had the bread right down to the kitchen sink, man. They had it all. And they had everything shoved in their, their wagon. And, and they said that, that one of the things that, that you found, you know, that were these, on these trails, that after they got so far, pretty soon everything's being pitched and chucked because it just don't matter anymore. <laughs> Because you can't take enough. It's like you're either going to have to rely, uh, you know, come on, right? I mean, of course, you know, I don't, I don't know how great of an example that is, but the bottom line is that, you know, it's, you know, they could have took enough out of Egypt to meet the needs that they had or were going to have. Amen. And if you think about it, that's why one of the main reasons God says you're not going to go by the way of the Philistine. You're not going to go down that road because as soon as you get down that road, all it takes a little pressure. You're all going to turn around, hightail it back. And he said, and then we didn't get anywhere. And so we're going to go another route, and you're going to have to trust that I will provide food, water, shelter, protection, amen, guidance, amen. And, uh, and, and, he, and he showed that. So with all that said, um, you think about many others, okay? Uh, Joshua, you know, entered into battle after battle, couldn't, couldn't do it in his own power. Amen. He had to rely on God. Joseph had a vision, I mean, that he couldn't bring, bring to pass by himself. 
So he had, he, had to, he had to rely on God. David entered into a fight, right? Come on, somebody, that he couldn't do in his own strength. Come on. I mean, you stop and you think about all these things. You know, Noah had a commandment to build an ark. He couldn't do it in his own power. Come on, he had to have some help. Daniel, even, even in the, in the lion's den, even though he was the wisest man, but even in the lion's den, he couldn't even lean on his own, come on, his own wisdom couldn't even get him through that. He had to trust God. Come on, now, I mean, not, Daniel's good at trusting God, don't get me wrong, but, but even in those situations, there's no other option except just all you can do right here is just trust God. Because I can't maneuver, manipulate anything, you know, a, you know, somehow fix this on my own. Just can't do it. Uh, Abraham, you know, was against overwhelming odds, you know, when it come time to, you know, him being the father of a great multitude and everything he dealt with there, him and Sarah, and, and yet he couldn't do it on his own. How about this? And, we, and this is one of the things that we've showed here uh, recently. You know, Jesus, even, his, even in ministry, couldn't fulfill it all on his own power. Jesus had to rely on God. And then and in that said, we ourselves in ministry or whatever it is, it doesn't even matter. So you may say, well, I'm not in ministry. Well, we're all called to the ministry of reconciliation. But, but then, you know, some of us, of course, may be called to fivefold ministry. But even just because you become a fivefold minister don't mean that all of a sudden you, you don't have to trust God no more. I mean, really. I mean, we, probably more so. I mean, it just, it just, I'm just saying that even Jesus said, I can of myself do nothing, but as I hear the Father, that's what I do. I don't know, that's what I say. And what, and what I see the Father do, that's what I do. You know, what I hear is what I say. You know, I mean, he just, he just let it be known that I can't. He understood that I am is always trying to reveal himself, always trying to show himself. And if I will just trust him and walk this out, he will always show himself strong. And we have miracle after miracle, sign after sign, wonder after wonder. That happened because he just followed God. And if you stop and just for a split second and even just remotely think about half the things that Jesus did that just kind of blew the doors off natural reasoning. You know, stop in a funeral procession because God made him or led him to do that. You know, walking on water because he had to send everybody beyond ahead and, and there's there no other boat, so we, we just we got to go there. Walks on the water, right? A guy's dead for four days, right? He stinks. Come out. I'm just saying there's just so many things that you think about. I remember one time. Okay, I'll close with this. My fourth closing. Anyway, um, somebody says, you know, you got to come down to the mortuary because we got to raise this guy from the dead. Okay. We all go down there. And, uh, you know, it wasn't led by God. It was led by somebody. Come on, somebody. And, you know, they all wanted it to happen. Come on, somebody. And uh, the whole time you're down there, you, you know, we're, we're praying. And, and the mortician was... What a blessing. He was just wonderful, patient with us. The raising, how many know the dead still get raised? If God leads. Amen. And I just, I just recall that, you know, I remember that, and I'm thinking to myself, all we do is embarrass ourselves. Well, you think, well, where's God? God's thinking, where are you? I didn't ask you to go there. And I'm just saying, I think about how many times that the Spirit of God is wanting to do things, you know, but if you just trust Him, just follow Him, amen, that everything He leads you to do, it'll manifest, it'll show forth, and I am revealed again and again and again. Amen? Did you get some today? Yeah. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Why don't you all stand up? Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you trust the Lord. Now, I've seen a many a miracle when I followed God. Come on, somebody.
Seen God heal, God deliver, and God raise people up. Come on. So it's much better to follow God. Amen. So <clears throat> I think it all fits because when you really get down to it, how do you, how do you know? How do you follow? Well, you stay connected and let God lead. Amen. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor once again. Thank you for your word. Thank you for these principles. Lord, thank you for uh, really just, just showing us some things, just maybe bringing some things to our attention. And, and uh, Lord, really in a sense, it's just revealing who you are, how good you are. So, Father, I thank you that we can live free from stress when we trust you, when we follow you, when we let you, hallelujah, be the I am, hallelujah, that you're called, amen, and so willing to be, hallelujah. And we give you praise and we give you glory for that. Father, forgive us for the times that we whined, murmured, griped, complained. Forgive us for the times that we tried to fulfill everything in our own strength and our own ability and power. Forgive us for the times, Lord, maybe that we just Maybe just didn't give you heed, didn't even give you the time of day. But Lord, we know that you're faithful and you're just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so we receive that tonight and we give you praise for that. It's our heart, Lord, to have an ear to hear you and to follow you. And Father, with that said, we give you praise for your mercy and compassion. And we give you praise for every leading, every bidding, and every prompting. Amen. And we choose to yield and surrender and submit ourselves unto you. And with that said, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.